Hey everyone, welcome to episode 38 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. This week we only have Andy and Randy, and I've stopped, luckily, mistaking myself for Andy. So that should clear up any of those issues we've had in the previous two weeks. So thank you for joining us, and healthy well wishes to all of our local Floridians. Almost everyone I know here in the Central Florida area has been generously gifted a nasty cold flu bug that seems to last forever. You don't feel good, time passes slowly. As a native Wisconsinite, it can be hard to wrap my mind around having a cold in 70 or 80 degree weather, and yet it is absolutely true. Godspeed to wellness, my friends. Last week, our conversation on inclusion was entitled Power Place, and we decided that what if this Christian walk was all about embracing our neighbor and shouting from the mountaintop that the tribe of God is open? What if... You can catch that message by Florida Hospital President and CEO Daryl Toll, who was our guest speaker, and you can find that message at hospitalchurch.org. Left upper hand side of the page, you'll see sermons, and if you click on that, archives will drop down, and then just select the Power Play series. It's the only one there. Now, on to this week with our on-the-mend, feeling-better, winter-in-Florida-flu-bug senior pastor, Andy McDonald. And this is the first in, multi, in is it only two? Just two parts. It was, this, was a, this was a John Mundy idea, and we're, we're glad he thought it up. John Mundy has the idea, and then he... Well, he's going to speak this week. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. so he, ta- he turned us down to come here today. He is a little bit busy, though. We'll, we'll let him off the hook. But next week, you can look forward to hanging out with John, because he'll have the meat of the matter. That's right. Because this week, it was all about milk. And I initially thought that maybe we were going to get to see you walk out onto the stage in an apron and chef's hat and start passing out samples <laughs> a la Costco, Sam's Club. Uh, and I wasn't present in-house, so maybe it happened at the service that no, wasn't archived? No, we didn't do that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, well, maybe Andy's – I've heard you're a bit of a culinary. I, I, I used I, – I just used uh, Monica and Jonathan's daughter you know, to talk about this and – my wife's like, why didn't you use your granddaughter? I was like, because that would be self-serving. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of thought when you it started, I'm like, I think I know where he's going with this. And yeah, kind of, sort of. But you said, and maybe this is a bit of a, a paraphrase, but if we leave church and feel freer, lighter, and better in Jesus, then it was a milk message. If you leave a little burdened and probably piled on <laughs> 10 more things you were supposed to do or maybe you should be better at, then it was a meat sermon. So that's that's actually a feelings of conversations that I've gotten over oh, the years. That's not right. what I believe. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> that's true. That's right. That's you did preface it with that. But why do we with the feelings, mm-hmm. then why do we seem to naturally assume that milk is lesser than meat? Yeah. Well, it's, I think it's just an idea that it's, it's it's for babies and and it's, it's it's the light stuff and then the heavy stuff, you know, prophecy and law. Uh, that's the meat mm. kind of thing. And I, I think we hurt some people's heads this last week a little bit, <laughs> flipping those around. <laughs> Did you get some feedback? Yeah, so actually some positive, like uh, seeing it in a whole new light. Like, really, I never thought of it that way before. And I guess I really haven't. I mean, I've, I've heard the texts right. you know, before that you referenced in the sermon, but really milk and meat as far as, as the way it was presented – and it made me kind of wonder, I mean, is this widespread throughout Christianity? I mean, being a pastor and probably knowing pastors from other den- – or is it just a denominational – like- you know, I don't know. It's, I, there, there is a there is – I mean, the, the things I read in preparation for the sermon were just from all kinds of you know sources. And the fact that it's, it's other places, too, that people <laughs> want a more meaty sermon and think of that as sort of being beat up a little bit more as opposed to being encouraged more. 
so we should all just kind of take our lumps, and that's where we find it's a little bit of our masochistic side. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seem, in seemingly because you had mentioned later on, and we'll kind of get to that. That you know, kind of be prepared if you grew up Adventist for this message, and I kind of feel like that maybe it was just you know like what I grew up in mm-hmm. in Adventism. That maybe it was just hey, we just really like to to really pile it on ourselves and then make ourselves feel like, man, look what I'm carrying. Yeah. This this feels good. But there's lots of other denominations that are experts at guilt as well. <laughs> <laughs> you said that Paul gave the Corinthians milk because they were not ready, still worldly, mm-hmm. and they needed rules and guidelines. But then again, going back to my inner Christian of my youth, this sounds a lot like the beginning or the maybe the top of the slippery slope of legalism. Yes. I mean, are, are we... No, I think, and I think that's part of the. I was talking to some people about child rearing later on about this whole subject a little bit as well, and oftentimes we've we've realized that we have to teach children age appropriately, and so to you know to have very concrete rules and very narrow parameters and and maybe few but well defined you know household rules, right? That that's appropriate at that age, uh, and oftentimes I think sometimes spiritually we forget to move on to the next stages, and so we'll end up getting stuck. And that's when legalism takes place. It just becomes law without any grace, and it just becomes performance and stay within these boundaries and you know obey and, and be sort of be quiet, shut up, and do what you're supposed to do. Kind of <laughs> just do it, right. Yeah, and, and, and that, that, that fits for a, uh, a younger, early believer even. You know, sort of give me, yeah. some, give me some guidelines here. This is all new to me. But then over, right. over time— Hopefully, in a maturing, those guidelines go away, and there's principles that are within one's own life now that sort of rule versus rules ruling. Yeah, I guess I hadn't thought of that from that perspective because that's, I mean, I was raised that way. So you don't think about someone going, okay, this is great. I'm here now, and I kind of like what you just said, but I have, you know, I have no place to start. I have no reference point. Well, and oftentimes too, I think uh, for those who are raised in a in a church, and even and especially in a more behavioristic church, maybe that it's it's easy for to get stuck in the rules. The rules are clear; they're yeah. simple; they're straightforward; they're there. And so, instead of having to do the mental exercise to say what's the principle behind this rule, and to begin to let that rule my life, instead of the rule ruling my life, it takes a little more mental effort and a little more maturity. To move to that, I've got to apply it. Well, Paul says to the Corinthians, same same group he's writing to. He says, "All things are permissible." You know, well, you wouldn't say that to a six year old, <laughs> right? Yeah, but but at some point, all things are permissible. He says, "But all things aren't beneficial." So, you know, how do you how do you use principles to make sure you're living? Sure, in Christ we are free. The the, the law is not our master. I mean, it's it's all these rules no more over us. There's all these texts that say that. So if it's not, how do we still live a circumspect life that's God-honoring? Well, and that, I mean, it's where it came to me where it said, milk seems to be a necessity, but the spiritual maturation process really is as diverse as we are as individuals. That's right. So everybody's timeline is going to be completely skewed to another's. And to me, that seems like the devil's best trap. I mean, we've all found ourselves drowning in the milk and then find it even harder once you're there to break free, because what's the next step? Because like you said, the rules are clear. We know what we're supposed right. to do. And then when we feel like we've graduated to meet, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe I really didn't, and maybe I've made the rules my meet. Mm-hmm. And now I'm stuck again. Right. 
and, and how to be able to make use discernment and wisdom and 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 really say, okay, wait, what's the essence? You know, it's, it's like the Pharisees in Jesus' day; they were always the letter of the law, and he says, well, you miss the spirit. Yeah, the whole the whole the whole motivation, the whole principle behind why this law came to be, you've missed that whole teaching because yeah. you were so focused on the letter of the law. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like a spiritual teeter-totter that, you know, if you're on one, it seems like it's easy to be on one side or the other, but it seems even more difficult just to be balanced and keeping that realization yeah. that maybe I'm off check or maybe what? I'm off balance. Well, we, we just put a lot more pressure on ourselves than probably is necessary. <laughs> um, I mean, we get to recognize that sin was God's problem, yeah, and He has solved it, and He has given us the benefits of His solution, and we keep trying to earn it. <laughs> it's like, okay, wait a second, you already got it. No, I want to earn it. No, no, you got it. You know, it's hard for us to understand. But it feels so good to earn it sometimes. Yeah, well, we like that. We like getting. It's interesting. There's a quotation in Desire of Ages where it says that the Pharisees' problem was that Jesus would not allow them to weave even one thread. Of self righteousness into their into the robe of his righteousness, you know they they yeah. they, they wanted to have some. I want, I want to give some contribution, please. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and but what you talked about just a minute ago, when you have somebody that's young and maybe just or just young in the faith, yeah, new in the faith. Either way, that seems like a very perilous path to try to navigate when you have, again, no reference point, right. and you have a pile of people that are probably not that much further along in some cases than you are. I mean, okay, you're here before me, but you're probably not that much further. I mean, how do we well, help people navigate that and not feel the weight of, oh, man, maybe I'm just stuck in the milk, and right. I feel like I'm not progressing? Or Well, I think maybe if we, if we relate it to a novice at anything, yeah, uh, if you're a novice tennis player— the rules are much more significant in your frontal thinking yeah. than if you've been playing tennis for fifty years. You know, you don't. You don't. Nobody goes out to the tennis court who's been playing tennis for fifty years and thinks what the even thinks about the rules. Right. They just start playing tennis and they know. That, okay, I just broke a rule, so that's out of bounds, or you know, whatever, whatever the case may Maybe. be. And so it's. Just, I think it's the same way. It's really good to have those that that clarity and some definition. Bumpers and the <laughs> at the bowling alley, so your yes. ball goes down the right lane. Same kind of thing I, early on, especially, and then as we as we recognize and come to know our freedom in Christ, that we really truly are saved people by His grace, and we can just sort of take a big breath, and we can m- remove the bumpers. And if a ball goes in the gutter, it's not it's, we don't lose any sleep over it then, because it's a whole new yeah. way of thinking. We're, we're the the game's already won. We're just getting to come to the table to play. Right, yeah. right. Well, and I I liked where you headed with Galatians 3, and that is where you kind of prepared everybody. And the quote or the verse was, now that faith has come, we are no longer under the supervision of the law. Boy, that's that's, that's going to get you in trouble with a couple people, well, probably, it's, no? It's really clear in, in Galatians, Paul calls the law the schoolmaster, pedagogos. It was probably a servant that actually escorted a child to school and escorted the child home. Yeah, and he says the law is that escort to deliver us to Christ, you know, and yeah. so that, so that we can find our salvation there. And it's really it once the law has done its work, why would it have any more supervisory, you know, capacity or, or right. need? It's already it's taken us to Christ. It helps us. Re- Paul says, I wouldn't have known what sin was except for the law. The law is great, you know. I know I need Jesus. Um, 
And that's really what it's all about. So it points it at both. I mean, but that's often met in circles, <laughs> most circles of Christianity, I would almost say, with the retort of, well, that's just watered down grace. And sure, but what about works, Andy? Yeah, well, it, it's works are a wonderful, great blessing to the person who does them and the person who receives them, but they are not meritorious in any fashion whatsoever. So therefore, it's not a salvific... You, you, the, the the works part is not for our salvation. The works part is for the benefit of others and, and the joy of doing it as we learn to, the joy of service. Well, and it makes trying to explain that, and I guess that's what we're sitting here trying to do <laughs> is explain this concept that really, I mean, the more I thought about it, because this has just been kind of rolling around in my mind, and I'm like, this is so easy. When you say what you just said, that is so easy. Oh, well, yeah, that's no problem at all. But yet, <laughs> when you're in the weeds, so mm-hmm. to speak, it's not clear at all. And I always feel like that's where we maybe do the most disservice to somebody who, when they look at us and we say, "Well, you know, we want to exude Jesus. We want you know, let my you know this little <laughs> light of mine, right? Let, let it shine." And yet, when they look at the rest, it's like, man, I don't, I don't see all that much different. And it's easy to then pile on yourself and say, "Well, man, I, maybe I don't really have this figured out." And we talked about last week presenting Jesus biblically appropriate, accurately, while retaining love and grace, and that what you just said completely does that, right? Yeah. I mean, it does, but it's such an area that is so difficult to agree on for so many people, and the devil really can't have us in unity on this one, can he? No, it's, and, it really, it's, and it really falls back to, and I keep coming back to it, it falls back to me wanting to have some hand in it, I want some credit. I, you know, I, you know, I've done all, I've done all this for nothing. You know, kind of yeah. thing. Well, no, it's the the joy, the joy of walking with God is a great joy. It's a benefit of life by itself. But to recognize that we can do that in the freedom of knowing that the game's won. I mean, the score is in. Uh, right now, we're just playing for fun, and so just. Cut loose and have some. <laughs> right, right. Do the best you can, right? Well, right. I mean, and, and, and it's not your behavior. We Most Christians will agree pretty readily with you're not saved by doing good things. Right, right. But if that's true, the converse has to also be true. You're not lost by doing bad things. Oh, that was hard. That was harder to dump your words out of your mouth, and you're like, "Whoa!" You can feel the weight that that doesn't feel as good as what the other. Right. I mean, the opposite of what you just said. But it should free us up to to not be so paranoid about making mistakes and dropping balls and messing up, and just like, okay, invest in others and enjoy life, connect. Uh, go back to Ecclesiastes, like we preached about this summer, and yeah. uh, you know, have some friends over and enjoy a good meal together. There's nothing better than that. Kind yeah, of and, and part of it is just I think we don't want to be transparent with each other because if we share our story and and we're going to be transparent, we're putting that vulnerability straight out there for right. someone to stomp on. And that makes it hard. We like much better, I'm okay, you're okay, than I'm messed up and you're messed up. <laughs> oh, yeah. How are you doing this week? I'm good. You? Oh, it's the same. You know, live it. Yeah, good, good. And then we all pass and everything goes in. Well, and, and thinking about the milk being law versus grace being milk, it was just, right. that, that's a hard thing for some people to make the switch. But really, if you look at milk in nature, you look at what milk is for, it's a temporary function. It has a limited life. It's for a certain period of life, and it's behind us. That fits law, yeah. does not fit grace. That's true. Well, as you can tell, this is something that you probably will never wrestle with completely in your mind and just go, okay, I'm done. I'm not (laughs) going to put this behind me. It's always probably at some point 
and probably low points more than high points going to be in your mind and something that you may struggle with. But as we wrap it up, this message, again, like last week, was simple in its premise, but again, can be difficult to digest and take it in and put it into practice. Rules make our lives richer, but it's an empty, temporary placator that will never provide the soul-searching relief that we so desperately search and long for. Only the grace of Jesus and his merit alone that's the only way we're going to get it, and we know that, and it's fact. We're not, we're not, we're not even dis, you know disputing the facts here, but trying to put that into practice. And I know that that's difficult, but if you have a different perspective, or if this triggered something in your head, and you're still going, man, none of what you just said made any sense to me in a way that I can apply it to my life, then we'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback, and you can do that directly in our mobile app. When you download it, you can choose the media tab and right there you'll see podcast and there's an availability to send a text message or email right through there. If you don't have that, you can do that by texting 407-965-1607 or podcast at hospitalchurch.org. All of our new episodes are available on Wednesday to Wednesday. And then if you want to go to the archives, you'll have to go to iTunes or hospitalchurch.org slash podcast to check up on the previous um, and if you just go to the uh, Apple App Store or Google Play Store, you can find the Hospital Church app by searching Hospital Church. Don't forget to type church or it'll take you to a different app that's not ours. And you'll say, Randy, I don't think you know where this podcast thing is. So this week, upcoming, we already deduced that that was John. Did milk and now John will deal with the meat this John's week. John's going to bring the meat. Well, you bring it home. <laughs> he's going to bring it home the bacon for next week. <laughs> Veggie bacon, I'm sure. Anyway. You will not want to miss that. So until next week in episode 39, this is Randy for Andy and Tom saying thanks for joining us, and we will see you then.